The Impact Accelerator is a research and grant development office in the College of Education, Criminal Justice, Human Services, and Information Technology at the University of Cincinnati. The department was designed to assist faculty, staff, and students in applying for and receiving external funding dollars. it without really trying where we put the fun in funding. My name is Krista and I'm joined today by Danny and Clay and in this episode we'll be discussing how we as graduate students lead without a title. Hello. (laughs) Hi. Great start. This should be a fun episode. Yeah because Danny's here. Hello. I'm back and I remember to clock in this time too. (laughs) You're welcome Caitlin. Graduate students are an often untapped resource for the success and growth of an organization. We'll be discussing our experiences working as graduate assistants in a research development office at an R1 university that you heard about in our first episode. And essentially what we'll be talking about is who we are, what we do, and how we do it. start off this episode what we're going to do is basically go through who each of us are and our brief educational background so that you kind of get an understanding of what we bring to the impact accelerator so let's start with clay hello my name is clay and i just want to reiterate that i remember to clock in today um i'm doing a great job uh (laughs) danny's already making fun of me I have. I am a fourth year PhD student, ABD now. Boom! There Woo. you go. <laughs> uh, in policing and crime prevention, um, I am the first hire that the Impact Accelerator had. Although the person that was hired at the exact same time of me as me would probably debate that, but you know, I'll die on that hill. Uh, I was hired in January of 2020 before everything that happened in 2020 happened. So that's always fun. Uh, And I'm kind of here to talk about how it all evolved, how it all started, and how it got to where we are today. Wow. Wow. Wow, thanks. Starting with a woman, a A hallway, and and a a dream. dream. (laughs) (laughs) Which she fully embraces now. So now we'll go to Danny. Danny. Who you guys haven't heard from, but we yelled at him on the top of the... Or the end of the first episode. Daniel. And I appreciate the yelling. Um, I, too, remembered to clock in for the first time in several months. <laughs> so, like, go me. I am sure our office uh, that does all of our HR stuff is very excited about that. Uh, so my name is Danny. I use he, him, his pronouns. I am a fourth-year doctoral candidate in the Educational Studies program with my emphasis in education policy and higher education. I am currently the Associate Director for Student Conduct at Emerson College, and I'm a former graduate assistant uh, here in the Impact Accelerator. I started in January of 2022, so just a little bit after Krista did, um, and in that I did a lot of things that were about like creating policy stuff and doing a lot of work around just 
the education pieces of our funding and working with the Ohio Department of Ed and some of our funding lines there. I do a lot of research around critical theories and how to implement diversity and social justice initiatives in um, the First Amendment and in education in general. I focus a lot on uh, graduate student experiences, and so I'm really passionate about how graduate students impact the Impact Accelerator. Man, you went full into it. I did. I'm oh, intense. I, yeah, yeah. You just like started listing it all off. This is the only podcast I am currently on. You will hear <laughs> all of my thoughts. <laughs> Well, I'm not going to go that in-depth on what I do. Sorry. Um, my name is Krista. You've heard me on all the other episodes. But I am also a fourth-year PhD candidate in the School of Criminal Justice. Um, I do research in life course developmental, so looking at behavior at all ages. And I joined the Impact Accelerator in December of 2021, and have been here since. I've now moved up in the ranks and I'm now one of the senior students in the um, Impact Accelerator. So I do a lot of hands-on work with, I guess, almost like a research associate, but not leading without a title. Wow. Oh my God, I didn't even plan that. Full circle, full <laughs> circle. Uh, Krista does literally all of the things that I dropped the ball on. So like shout out to Krista <laughs> for picking up my slack and making me look good. Yeah. He just left me on the leadership team. I am the leadership. Full stop. I got a new job. And I was like, hey, Krista, I love you. Bye. He didn't even say love you. Bye. He just. He just disappeared. He one ghosted day. me. He just disappeared. I did not ghost you. I just stopped replying. <laughs> <laughs> tomato, tomato. So now that you know a little bit about us, we're going to dive into how we lead without a title. Danny came up with that title for our uh, presentation that we did over that our graduate Danny? student model. That was Danny. Yeah. Oh. Well, I don't want to give him any credit for that. Shout out to me. <laughs> we always talk about how whenever we need to help a faculty member come up with a title for their proposal, we wish Danny was here so that he could do it. Yeah, but he's not because he left. And no one texts me now. So That's not true at all. You ignored my text for three days. Until my girlfriend came and yelled at you for it. And that sounds more like a you problem than a me <laughs> problem. Anyways, you're going to get a lot of that this episode. Um, so we're going to jump into basically the Impact Accelerator and then what we as graduate students do within the Impact Accelerator. So briefly, I'm just going to kind of give you a brief overview of what the Impact Accelerator is, what we do, why we do it, how we do it. Um, for a more in-depth discussion of that, please see episode one of Intro to Impact Accelerator with Clay and I. So the Impact Accelerator was developed in around summer of 2019 um, by Claire, who is the now director of the Impact Accelerator. It had some backing and support from upper management here in the College of Education, Criminal Justice, Human Services, and information technology check <laughs> catch went over all of that in the first episode but basically they noticed that here in check we were putting in a lot of proposals and it would be helpful to have someone who could help out to help faculty and staff and students kind of get better at it have some support behind them so Claire just started the impact accelerator and the whole goal of it was to support faculty, staff, and students while elevating the impact and influence 
um, of their research and help for the community. The goal was also to increase collaborative funding opportunities with campus and community partners. So we collaborate with a lot of different colleges here in the University of Cincinnati, arts and sciences, engineering, college of medicine, college of nursing, et cetera, et cetera, as well as community partnerships. So we also work with some of the local public schools, some local nonprofits. And so that's what the Impact Accelerator is. And since opening the center or department, whatever you want to call us, in 2020, we have more than quadrupled both the number of proposals submitted and the amount of funding that we have requested in that time. Additionally, we have grown exponentially in staffing. So in 2020, it was Claire, we consider it kind of like half a grad student because the two graduate students that she had working for her were not full-time, 20-hour, or what is part-time, 20-hour graduate students. So she had Clay and Brooke. Hello. (laughs) (laughs) And we can't apologize to her enough for that. Yeah, sometimes I I think about that. Just like, just putting up with me in first year phd program (laughs) shout out to claire you're a brave one (laughs) um in 2021 it was also still claire um but then she had around five graduate students so clay brooke and then a few others in 2022 we hired our first research associate so it was now claire um our research associate emily and nine graduate students, and then we also um, included one undergraduate student to start providing more support for undergraduate research. And then this past fiscal year, 2023, we had three full staff members, so that would be Claire, research associate Emily, and then the newest research associate, Emma, and around nine and a half um, graduate students and three undergraduate students. Also, just a shout out, Emma was a former grad in the Impact Accelerator. And so um, in a different grad program, we do not have a research development program at uh, the University of Cincinnati. And so uh, she full on just took that and ran with it and is now full time staff. And so shout out to building the field. Also, other correction. Her name is actually Emthaniel. It's not actually Emma. (laughs) I'm not touching that one. (laughs) Pass. Um, you'll hear from Emma potentially in a upcoming episode, as well as we are going to be doing a follow-up to this episode where we actually talk with Claire and John, who is a business administrator here in the College of et cetera, et cetera. And they're going to be talking about the kind of behind-the-scenes stuff of the Impact Accelerator. So a lot of like budget and whatnot that we don't really know too much about. I'm not touching that. I'm not dealing with that. John one time showed me a budget and I cried. So, no thank you. You would think that we would be really good at it, at budgeting as grad students. But I think it's just too much money. It's too much stress. It's like way more money than we'll ever see. So, whatever. (laughs) Once again, not touching that one. (laughs) So, 
Krista, I think it's also important uh, for us to talk a little bit about the services that we provide to our faculty, our staff, our students. Um, and so not only do we do all of the things and all of that history that Krista just went over, but like the actual services that we provide as graduate students, but as part of the Impact Accelerator, I think is important for us to also note that we are the Impact Accelerator. There's no really like hierarchy of, you know, we're just a grad, like we're just taking notes, we're just doing things, like we provide all of those services as well. So like we'll go out, we do a lot of funding um, research, we try and find funds, we find grant proposals, we do all of those things. We write summaries for all of these grants that we are finding. We say, hey, here's what this looks like, here's some faculty members that we think we've identified, here's some topics that are in this grant funding that we know we can get some money for. So we do a lot of like summaries and providing those to the team. Um, the proposal process management. We're parts of creating timelines, creating overviews of what we need to do, putting together team dynamics, managing faculty at times to be like, hey, like you're missing your deadline. We need this if we're going to move forward. We do all of that process management from finding the funding all the way to submission. Uh, we don't do a lot after the submission typically. Uh, sometimes we'll have independent GAs that we still work on some of those projects, but that's gonna be pretty ad hoc. We do a lot of mock scoring for faculty. So even if they're not utilizing all of the services that we do and they're providing a proposal on their own, we'll mock score it. We'll take whatever that grant summary was, whatever that funding was and see, hey, here's where maybe you need to add some more, here's what it's asking for, and here's what that actually score is. This is where we think you're competitive. This is where we think we need more information from uh, to make this proposal really what it could be. I will also say that I think that sometimes can be really intense. Um, we've had mock scoring that takes three or four of us, four, five, six, seven hours because we go so in depth. Um, and so it's a huge undertaking that we do for anybody who offers it, uh, which is also a lot of fun. Relationships with the business team, you know, we talked about John already, shout out to John, uh, but always working with them to see where we're at, what we're doing, the money that we need to do to make sure that when we submit a proposal, we know exactly to the dollar what we're going to need to make sure that there are no surprises. And then lastly, we do a lot of professional development. We provide resources to faculty. We do grants 101. We do grant writing. We do process management. We're reaching out to the community. We're engaged in undergraduate um, opportunities for co-op students to come in and like learn this kind of thing. We provide it to other grad students. We provide it to undergrads, to faculty, to staff. If anybody wants to know something about grants, about grant writing, about research development, you name it, we will figure out a way to get them that support. Um, and as grad students, we take a huge role in that as well. And so I know we have a lot of history there, but I think getting into the nitty gritty is always a good thing to, to highlight um, in all of the things that we've really been able to do. Yeah, and I also want to point out that um, this episode will be coming out well before the actual conference. But if you happen to be going to the Ankara PRA conference in Hawaii in 2024, we are actually our research associates, Emily and Emma, have a conference presentation where they will be walking participants through how to do a mock score. So if you're interested in that, I'd highly recommend attending. Um, it's a great service. We've gotten a lot of great feedback. I know a lot of the students, when they first get thrown into a mock score, are very scared. And then afterwards, they say how much they love it. So it's a really great service. And we have seen not only gotten great feedback from faculty, but have seen how it has improved um, submissions that we've helped with. I just want to congratulate Danny that he just went through all of that and he didn't mention Googling anything throughout the entire thing. Oh, I thought that was a given. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, we Google half my so job hard. was Googling. <laughs> 
we're really good at it. Like the amount of like Google tips and tricks, yeah. like you know how to use like the plus sign and equals mm. in your Google search engine. Like I also Googled how to do that. So like shout out to me for building new skills. I don't know what that is, but I'll Google it. And that's <laughs> what most of grad school is. I feel like <laughs> fun fact. I have sent the, let me Google that for you link to friends. Sometimes oh, as a get joke. out of here. And sometimes not as a joke, but I never tell them which. <laughs> is that a fun fact or a fun fact? <laughs> Clay had a good run. He's now fired. Oh, uh, yeah. I clocked in today. Clock out. <laughs> I also want to say we are not sponsored by Google. Oh, yeah. Oh, but oh I'm yeah. Not they paid all... for by Google, I promise. They also get mad uh, when you use Google as a verb. They don't like it when you do that. So. We didn't Google anything. We Google searched things. Yeah. That's too much. No. We Googled it. Not sponsored. But that's what happened. So now that we've gone over Impact Accelerator, let's talk about us again. Our favorite topics. So we're going to kind of give you a background of how we personally evolved in the Impact Accelerator. As graduate students, we are provided or asked to do a lot of different things as we kind of go through and are with the Impact Accelerator for a longer period of time. Clay, how did you start in the Impact Accelerator? And then, like, I guess, what do you do now slash then? Uh, so, yeah, I was there at the very, very beginning, basically. Claire had been there for six-ish months but since I was there at the beginning, I started out by really kind of establishing a lot of the processes that we did, or at least helping establish a lot of the processes. I feel like I was kind of the guinea pig for a lot of the processes. She would she would start something and then be like, is this confusing? And then I'd be like, yeah, I don't, I don't really know what I'm doing here. And then just kind of bumble my way through it. Uh, but a lot, we use a lot of databases like grant search databases, um, people that are in IA. If you use that, I'm sorry, that was probably me uh it's really it's really big there have been multiple attempts krista is just death staring you can't at me see right it now. but i am death staring across <laughs> the room i'll get into why in a second it got out of hand really fast there's a lot of first of all there's a lot of places you can get grants from what they do the grant like everybody says grant season is one season but it's all over the place um and my job has changed quite a bit Started out working about 20 hours with her. Nowadays, um, I haven't clocked hours in a while, to be honest with you. I've been kind of fading out. And that's kind of just kind of grad school in general. And that's kind of the point. Um, you know, we are here at the very beginnings of our careers. So we can work a lot of hours and learn a lot of really cool and neat things. But eventually we kind of have to leave the nest, so to say. So I've just been kind of fading out now. I do a lot of overflow stuff. If there's like a big event that's happening or if there's a big project and people really need help on it, then I'll clock some hours. But I'm just kind of here. I'm just kind of around. Much to uh, two specific people's dismay, the two other people on this podcast. <laughs> Especially Danny. And with that, um, <laughs> wow, what a perfect segue. It's called right. a segue. You're welcome. It was a bad segue, but here we are. Um, I didn't say it was good. So, yeah, I think Clay 
and I are kind of in a similar boat where we're both phasing out a little bit. Um, like I said earlier, I'm a former GA, but I still technically can log some hours. Um, so I started in the IA in January of 2022 when I quit my full-time job and needed a way to pay my bills and <laughs> uh, because my partner was going to medical school and the long distance thing wasn't going to work for us. And so he does go to Harvard Medical School as wow, they stare at wow. me um, to say like the joke is that he's a Harvard doctor and he's not a doctor yet. But part of that was, hey, I needed this. I needed to chat with some faculty and a faculty member introduced me to Claire and said, hey, this would be really great for you. And so that's how I ended up uh, at the Impacting Accelerator. I ended up being a team lead um, in fiscal year or academic year 2022 um, before I took my full-time job at Emerson College in Boston um, later in that March. And so a lot of what I've done is policy and education specialty kind of work. Um, so I worked with the Ohio Department of Ed funding line to get additional funds for a teacher pathway that uh, was new and rolling out for teacher shortage here in the state of Ohio. Um, we've done some NSF stuff with core research and working on research teams around what the NSF kind of funding looks like. We, I worked on an NIH grant, which we asked for more than $5 million. Um, and so there's been some really big projects that I've really been able to be a part of, um, but also just kind of the management of the team and helping lead and create new things and to do some fun stuff. It's been a really enjoyable experience. And now I'm kind of like Clay, like if Claire needs something small or if it's to read through something, um, do some like article write-ups or different things like that um, for new research that's out there in the field, I'm able to kind of do those pieces. Um, but I'm also working about, you know, 60 hours a week at my full-time job. And so the work that I do with the IA is pretty limited, but I will always, always be giving back to kind of what I say saved my PhD. And so this program and this style and this department and Claire in general kind of is the reason that I am a doctoral candidate instead of a former doctoral student. And so uh, I am really proud of the work that I've done, but I'm also really happy that we give that kind of same opportunity to other PhD students and other graduate students in general. We've got a pretty good record of, of getting undergrads and master's students into grad grad programs all like over the place our first undergrad student is now a grad student in the impact accelerator yeah um, and so like and she's phenomenal love her our other three undergrads were also great but they have gone on to other things at this point um so i still say a quarter quarter of our undergrads that's coming pretty into good the, like that's a pretty good yeah pretty good ratio there i feel yeah and both clay and danny kind of mentioned how they've kind of are on the process of fading out i will say um one of our undergraduate students kind of graduated faded out went on to something else that they thought they wanted to do, experienced that, decided they didn't like it, came back and talked to Claire, and now they're about to be kind of work as a consultant while they figure out kind of what their next steps are. So even though we may leave, we're kind of always attached to Claire, whether she likes it or not. We still show up for the, the alumni parties. Yeah, so our newest alumni. The Halloween events. party. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and so for me, I started in December 2021, kind of throwbacking to that death stare I was giving Clay earlier. Throwbacking. Throwbacking. We're, <laughs> we're making up words, whatever. I My first project was to go through that massive document that Clay created. Sorry. And update it. And basically, it's just um, a repository of a bunch of different funders. And I had to go through, update, are 
are these funders even still funding stuff? Because we were coming back in out of sort of one of the lulls in the pandemic and people we were trying to see if people are still even giving money. And then I moved on to kind of just general on projects as needed. Any criminal justice project, I'm on it. And now I am one of the senior members of the team. So I help with anything CJ related. It's automatically like a that's going to Krista. That's her project. Um, I also now do project management. So I, as Danny was mentioning earlier, I now am kind of a dang it. I'm going to do it again. I'm leading without a title. Um, <laughs> What's the Pee Wee's Playhouse thing? Where, like know. they say the word of the day and everybody's like, ah, <laughs> we need to start doing that. It, and it's always going to be me. Yeah. Oh, well. But um, <laughs> so I project manage. Um, I help set up meetings. I contact faculty, staff, whoever the PI is. Um, I help to gather documents, make sure other people on the team are gathering documents or whatever. I am now on the leadership team. So we do student only meetings where we'll talk about in a little bit. Um, I run those. I just put it on Claire's calendar, tell her that we're having it. And then I go in and run those right now. Um, She's also the sole member of the um, Impact Accelerator Social Committee um, because Clay and I both are, have pieced out. So yeah, we, took the, we took the introvert and put her on the social committee when all the extroverts left. You can't I am not an extrovert for the record. That is not true at all. Anyways, this section is not about y'all. Um, anyways, it, back it to me. Um, we'll make it about us. <laughs> this is what I have to do with. Um, so I'm on the leadership team. I do the social committee. I do the podcast. Yeah. And so I'm kind of just below kind of the research associates in terms of um, the responsibility that I have on the Impact Accelerator team. Um, and then I guess kind of to round out our all all of our personal evolutions within the impact accelerator um we all kind of started out with i don't want to say menial tasks but obviously a little less responsibility than what we all have now but we all recently helped to write an nsf grant that the impact accelerator put a proposal in for and was awarded so we have gone from kind of lower level responsibility to claire trusting us and our expectations expertise and experiences to help her write a federal grant thanks mom thanks mom (laughs) so now that you know a little bit about us i think it's also important to situate ourselves in what this looks like and i need you all to stop laughing at me daniel (laughs) daniel so i'm a huge nerd and when we started doing this presentation for Encura, we were talking about what is leading without a title actually mean why is it important that we're given the opportunities to do it and why are we all so attached to claire because (laughs) as funny as that sounds I have not had a supervisor that I've wanted to come back and work with, to work for, to -hmm. continue to give hours for. And while Claire is a phenomenal human, and anybody who knows her will attest to that, the leadership style and how we set up the Impact Accelerator, I think, 
sets us up for success, but it also hits a lot of the highlights of what that literature out there is saying, right? Mentorship and personal connection for PhD students enhances retention, enhances satisfaction, it enhances productivity in research, and it enhances productivity in classwork. And so when students are mentored, when PhD students and graduate students are able to work outside of the classroom and produce work that is independent of their coursework, they have more connection to the institution, they are more likely to be retained, they are more likely to be successful, they're more likely to kind of go forward into faculty or higher like learning kind of moments when they leave the, when they leave the institution. And then when they come on with that, right, they have all of those experiences and they have all of this stuff and they're more well-rounded in their leadership roles going forward. So they tend to be more successful once they're entering into those fields, especially in faculty and academic related fields. But graduate students too are treated in the Impact Accelerator like humans. We're treated with experience what? and expertise that we're bringing to projects. I know it's a shock to say that we're treated like humans, but I think that's really something that sometimes gets forgotten where these menial tasks were just leading these like small projects we're doing these things and in the impact accelerator that's not what we do and that's not the expectation you may start there as you get a feel for what's going on but that's not what it means and for a graduate student and having an experience like that and being seen as on the same playing field as staff and faculty that are full-time because we're bringing to the table things that staff and faculty don't have yet or they aren't in the capacity to do. Our expertise and our experience is valued and that's an important part of creating a culture for graduate students to actually lead without that title, right? Ding. <laughs> and then lastly, I think there's a lot of stuff there of graduate students experience burnout, losses in motivation, bias, the negative impacts of those things in those graduate programs can be mitigated through a connection to outside work, to outside community, to outside identity spaces, right? Like things that they can kind of go and shift that focus, produce things that are independent of their dissertations, of their coursework, of their internships, of whatever kind of is happening in that graduate student's experience, they have something that they can grab onto. They have that mentored experience. They also have peer mentors, right? Like that peer mentorship, that peer relationship is crucial to producing high and highly effective work. And so providing the power and the ability and the skills and the trust to do that work is not only what makes graduate students excellent and excelling in the fields, but it's also what makes the Impact Accelerator unique and it's what makes us so successful. You can tell just by the way that Danny's talking about how passionate about this he is. There's a huge difference with the way I'm talking and the way Danny's talking. I I'm do a like, lot. I do a lot of research in graduate student experiences. We get forgotten. I just, you know, I just I, had fun for the past couple of years and Danny's like negative bias and we get forgotten a lot. And it's true, though. We, we get forgotten. And graduate students, you know, it's not just the University of Cincinnati. It's not just in CECH. It's graduate students in general are seen as these temporary staff, right? Like they're seen as the to get us from point A to point B and so often. But if you really look at us, right, like we have this wealth of experience. A lot of us are non-traditional students. A lot of us have had full-time jobs before. A lot of us have published you know, papers before. A lot of us have been part of research teams before. We come in with all of this experience and then we're treated as though we're starting from square one. And that's not accurate, right? And I think we forget that, especially when it comes to research development. 
we're new to the field of research development. We are not new to our fields and tapping into that experience and that expertise is like crucial. And it's also what makes us really unique. We have, we serve four different colleges or it's four different schools in one college. We um, support other staff and faculty. We're in committees. We're doing all of this work and we're coming in with experiences that make us like explicitly connected to those things and add value to the programs, projects and proposals that we're attached to. And we're expected to produce on those things because that's the other thing, right? Like we have an expectation that we do those things, not just the opportunity. So we're held to a high standard and we perform at a high standard because of that. And so I think I'll get off my soapbox at that moment and just say like <laughs> treat graduate students like professionals because we are. Yeah, I think a lot of people get bogged down in the, the title of student yeah. um, and are and see us as just being there to learn, um, which I mean, obviously we are, but you can also learn while working. I mean, if you're someone coming into a field and you're like new to that field, yes, you are learning all the processes and how to do your job. But if you're someone who has been at that job for 20, 30 plus years, you are still learning day in and day out. You're constantly a learner. But I think as Danny is saying, it's so many people see graduate students as only being able to produce or do a certain level of task um, and only providing so much when there is, as we've said, there's so much untapped potential within graduate students and all of the experiences that they have to go through to get to where they are and what they bring to a project. Can we talk about the amount of times that, like, this is our, our work, like, it's not technically part of our, you know, quote-unquote program or anything, but, like, the amount of times that Claire has given me something to do, and then I'll just be like, I don't know how to do that, and she'll just be like, yeah, I know, you'll figure it out, yeah. or maybe you won't, we'll figure it out later. Yeah, Claire <laughs> just throws this in, and she's like, you're, you're gonna figure it out, you need you're to creative. learn, but I know that you have the capacity and the ability to push yourself because obviously you're like in a PhD or a master's program you took the initiative to get this far you have the capability of doing it and if it takes you a minute to learn then okay Danny just put his soapbox down back down on the ground Danny's back Danny's back (laughs) no like like I started working I had worked for Claire for a total of like a day and a half at this point and she was like hey i need you to do a gantt chart and i was like yeah you got it what's a gantt chart (laughs) um and she like literally a 20 minute like team's call she goes i don't care like here's some examples figure it out here's what this looks like i need this created before the end of the day and she gave me like plenty of time right like it wasn't like super intense but she was like i can give you some of these tools but i need to do these other tasks and i trust that you can do it and we still use that gantt chart for (laughs) a lot of things today so i'm like super proud of like this really like probably de minimis uh kind of like task but i think that says a lot about what the expectations are about like the roles that we do where it's like hey i trust you i know you're going to produce something that i'm not going to be over your shoulder i trust that you're going to be able to do this thing just to get it off my plate because we have to and so that was like i say literally like a day and a half into it my the first project and she was like figure it out please like i really need it (laughs) and she was super humble about it which is also really cool that i don't think i've gotten a lot in like supervision stuff too she was like i need help and you're the one that volunteered so thank you and good luck uh and so i think that just kind of like says a lot about like the team that we have too and if it looks like crap we'll figure it out later oh well 
and it went through well, some iterations because it was not <laughs> perfect uh, by any means, but it was save. good enough for that moment. <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, that Gantt charge is like still in our team folder, and if anyone needs it, anyone that we work with needs it, that Gantt chart is a template for them. I don't even know what a Gantt chart is. I don't either. I'm still not really sure what Gantt <laughs> stands for, um, but essentially what it was was like, task kind of thing for a grant that we put together of like who was doing what task like what deliverables were going to be done oh. by the team when and so it's like so grant proposals know or grant uh funders know what um that where the sense. money's going when who's going to produce it like what is that like kind of like timeline it was a very rudimentary one on that first try um and they can get really intense and they can also like kind of vary a little bit from that but I still don't know what it means as far as, like, I think it's an acronym, but I'm really not sure, to be honest with you. It's just something that Claire made up. <laughs> it might be. I don't know. No, it's real. I just don't know what it actually is. Well, of course is. it's real. You made as it. As Krista is Google searching that at this very moment. <laughs> good, good save. According to Atlassian, not sponsored, a Gantt chart is a project management tool that illustrates work completed over a period of time in relation to the time planned for the work. Oh, I knew that. I didn't know it was called a Gantt chart, but I knew it was that. The more you know. Popularized by Henry Gantt. Ah, so oh, it's a, it's a name. name. Oh, okay. Well, hey, we're all learning together. Look at us. Look wow. at that. We and were probably doing this just work for something. how many years and we didn't know what a Gantt chart was. Learning without Look. a title. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we're students. Don't judge me. Nailed it. <laughs> Actually, all of your students, because if you just learn what a Gantt chart is, there you go. Yeah. Wow. You learn something new every day. The more you know. Lifelong Once again, not learners. Yeah. Lifelong learners. So further in that conversation, we kind of wanted to go over just some kind of broader umbrella topics of how we as graduate students lead. So we've kind of discussed a lot of these over uh, the last few minutes, however long we've been here. Um, so we, as graduate students, lead projects. We will get um, faculty who come in and say, I have this proposal that I'd like to go for. Can you help us out? And so Claire will go through the team and say, okay, this person is project lead. Obviously, there are three full-time staff. They cannot be project lead for every single project that we have going. I mean, right now, we are literally running at eight to ten projects that we're working on a week. We have significantly outpaced our proposals that we're working on in just the first quarter of 2024, of fiscal year 2024. We are well over what we were at for almost all of last year. So we're doing a lot. So as graduate students, Claire, Emily, and Emma come in and say, okay, you have this expertise. I trust you and your abilities to be able to help lead this project. And obviously we check in with them because, I mean, we're, we are working with people's work and sometimes their life work and that they're putting so much dedication and time into. But we, as graduate students, come in, lead projects, um, we help develop trainings. A lot of the trainings that we do within um, the Impact Accelerator to train students are developed by us and our experiences. And Claire does that by design. And in our episode where we have Claire and John on, she will talk about how all of the things that we do within the Impact Accelerator are so intentional. And so putting the students as leaders, whether that's graduate students or undergraduate students, 
as leaders early helps to develop the next generation of individuals who come into the Impact Accelerator to learn. Um, We also do project management, like I mentioned earlier, so kind of being the front line with working with faculty and staff on their proposals, scheduling meetings, making sure everyone's getting the work done on time, checking in with our business administration team um, to check in on things that are going to be affected by post-award, and kind of keeping track of everyone who's on the project team, whether that is specifically the project team that is going to be working on the project that they're proposing or the project team that is um, individuals within the impact accelerator and making sure that the things that we're helping with are getting done on time and now it's my turn and now it's clay's turn i now i (laughs) uh we also do a lot of relationship building because we are kind of all over the place if as far as like fields go like danny does stuff completely unrelated to what krista and i do krista and i happen to be cj but we have people in School of Psych, CJ, all over the place. Um, So we have those opportunities to work directly with faculty. We have those opportunities to be in their classes. We have those opportunities to work on research projects with them. So we do a lot of relationship building with them. We do a lot of kind of maintaining that, poking them a lot. Hey, just I heard from the grapevine that you were going for a grant. Need any help on that? And just kind of, you know, Simple little pokes like that is kind of what we do because we're embedded in, in all of these classrooms and all of these departments, as well as being part of, you know, Claire's hallway. <laughs> <laughs> That's not a hallway anymore, but, you know, it's a hallway in our heart, or at least in mine. Um, and we also do what's called virtual office hours. If you're a faculty at, at a research or at a university, probably know what office hours are. You know, you got to sit, um, you have a spot where people can find you at a regular time of day so that your students can come find you if they have any questions. They're probably not going to, though. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. But, you know, I actually had three of my students show up to my office hours this semester. That's the most I've ever had in my four or five semesters of teaching. (laughs) So give me points for that, please. Thank you very much. I remember to clock in today. Um, I'll probably forget to clock out. Then I'll get an email. Hey, Clay, you were clocked in for 14 hours today. Did you really work that? And I'll be like, would you believe me if I said yes? (laughs) Anyways, uh, so it's basically just like that. Um, We have a a virtual spot where at any point in time, if you have any questions, if you need help with something, if you just want to come in and bounce ideas off of us, somebody's sitting there waiting regularly, waiting for you to come in and ask your questions. And we find that to be useful, too. We're always around. We're our job at the base of it is to help people out, help people get money, which everybody likes getting money. So, I do love money. So, um, <laughs> retweet. Uh, but on top of all of that, too, I think one of the things that uh, is important for us that I mentioned a little bit earlier is the mentoring, right? Like we mentor each other, we get mentoring from the professional staff, and we haven't really shouted out a lot of the leadership team. Um, from the college, right? Like the college level, Claire's bosses and some of those things. There's a, This has been a lot of growth in a department in general. And so Claire receives some mentoring from those above her, from like professional kind of things. John provides mentoring to students where we can. We have all of these kind of experiences that are happening too. But then graduate students mentor each other. Graduate students are mentoring undergraduate students. We're talking through and building those relationships And it helps us enhance our project ownership by like having some of those mentoring experiences, by having some of those roles where we're taking on that leadership is really important. And speaking of that leadership, 
in my first full academic year working in the IA, we developed a leadership team. And I was kind of one of the inaugural grad student representatives on that leadership team with our full-time staff. And it was full-time staff, two to three of like the more senior GAs. So like Krista kind of filled that role later on as I was transitioning out and took my uh, role from that and really like took that and ran with it. Um, But allows for GA ownership, not only in the project space, which we all have ownership of, but allows for that ownership in the leadership space of how do we bring the department forward? How do we continue to build? How do we continue to do that? And so the leadership team allowed for that voice of that's where the student only meetings that Krista talked about came from. That's where those one-on-one meetings with other graduate students, that's where the social committee came from. And all of these kind of spaces are from that leadership and that tangible, what are you taking away from this role? And it also helps uh, recruit people into research development, right? Like we have been really successful in getting people to do more research development work um, that is beyond just our doctoral and just our graduate kind of pieces. And so I think there's also some of that that goes forgotten, that giving those leadership opportunities in the field also helps as a recruiting tool to continue to grow the field in ways that I don't think everybody always thinks about. Yeah, this is not in our notes, but Claire may, told me to bring it up. But like, um, <laughs> what notes? This is total. We're not I mean, following notes. This is unscripted. This is all f- off the riff. I I mean, right? This is not in our heads right now. But Claire <laughs> told me to say it. But like, I personally had never heard of like research administration. I don't think any of us who came into working with the impact accelerator knew that before but from working in the impact accelerator i've transitioned my kind of pathway after i graduate and i will be staying in research administration and research development Um, and we'll discuss that more in that episode with claire and john where we talk about the behind the scenes stuff of the impact accelerator but definitely all of us getting exposed to what research administration and research development is, is a great resource, not only if you decide to stay in this field, but as you go on to wherever you plan on going in the future, um, there's a lot of people who are staying in academia, and that's really going to be extremely helpful as they start to go for their own grants. So now I think a lot of you are probably thinking, that's kind of a lot. How do I implement this in my own space. And it does sound like a lot. It, it is a lot. But really, it's pretty. there's some pretty simple key underlying things that you can do. The first is that what we've talked about a lot is that you can start to like actually utilize your grad students in, instead of underutilizing them that a lot of places do, unfortunately. Give some opportunities for real actual leadership let your grad students go throw them out of the nest a little bit <laughs> let like we know what we're doing um you know maybe not maybe we don't sometimes we don't know what we're doing but how are we <laughs> how are we going to learn how to know what we're doing if you don't let us do it um, give us some leadership roles give us some um some project management roles let us let us grow a little bit let us learn through our practical mistakes basically <laughs> and we won't be perfect at it we're still learning but you know, we still need to learn. Lean on what your grad students are doing in their own programs. So if you like, if you need a CJ person, give it to the CJ person, let them, they know the expertise. We know, um, we have students that know more about CJ than, than Claire does because they're, you know, their PhDs in CJ or school of psych. And so she relies on them to, and their expertise all the time. 
Um, she doesn't just assume that she knows everything about what's going on in the college. She listens to what her grad students are reporting back to her because we have a very straightforward, very candid relationship with her, to be honest with you. Um, so, you know, just relying on those those expertise. We know what what good journals are. We know what grants are coming out. We know what topics are important in our fields, to be honest and straightforward. And then um, critical feedback to our partners. Allow our grad students to, like, talk to your grad students. Kind of start that very candid relationship with them. Um, get some feedback from them. What, what works? What doesn't work? Are they overwhelmed? <laughs> Uh, yeah, probably. Uh. <laughs> well, and I think with critical feedback, too, yeah. it's not only giving that feedback to the department, but it's teaching us how do we give critical feedback yeah. to people who have a title, right? Yeah. Like, how do you give critical feedback to somebody who, quote, yeah. unquote, outranks you when they're working on those projects, when we're working together on these things? If you're trusting us to be the expert, which you should be doing in at least some level in some capacity, then you also have to trust that we're the expert enough to give critical feedback to people who are maybe not always super receptive to that. And this is a little bit of a paradigm shift, but it's also a paradigm shift that is going to make them make grad students more successful in whatever professional role they're going to hold. And Claire gives us that opportunity especially through things like mock scoring mm. or leading projects or putting our foot down and be like, no, you missed the deadline. We are not going to be able to produce this proposal in the same way that we were a week ago. How do we reconvene to make sure that we still get something submitted that we're all proud of, right? Like, what does that look like? And how do you empower graduate students to do that in a critical way without having to rely on other people? Because otherwise, you're not going to grow your department. Yeah. A lot of times grad students don't even know how to say no to these higher up faculty. You know, they just are, hey, can you work on this project? And they don't even feel like they can say, no, I don't have the capacity for that, let alone, you know, taking their grant proposal and positively ripping it apart. I mean, maybe not ripping it apart, but yeah, kind of giving them a bunch of critical feedback to make it the best that it can be. How do you do that? How do you word those things? And then, of course, just to, you know, Shout out to us. We will be talking more about this um, where Claire and potentially John will be on a future episode where we will be talking about this more in depth, more from you know, kind of her perspective about this. All right. So in summary, um, we like to do a few takeaways from the episode. So... I guess it would be like TL TLDR. Too long, didn't read. TLDO. Too long, didn't listen. Um, it. So first, um, despite... <laughs> <laughs> Danny's like, uh, I don't know about that one. <laughs> so despite connotations surrounding the term student, graduate and undergraduate students are an underutilized wealth of knowledge. That's all we've been talking about this whole episode. These students have spent years learning the stuff that they know so why are you not utilizing it and leaning on them and supporting them to say like I know that you know what you're talking about and you are going to provide a valuable source of information for this proposal um second the best way for this model to work treat people like people what I know it's shocking but treat people like people Claire and like people that you like 
Okay. Yeah. No, I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good clarification. A clarification. Boom. Nailed it. Boom. Danny and I are ignoring that. <laughs> <laughs> but Claire treats us like people. She checks in to make sure that we're okay. We each have a one-on-one with her or Emily or Emma. And they all treat us like people. They make sure that we're okay, that we feel comfortable in potentially being uncomfortable with like developing a Gantt chart not knowing what it is but they are supportive they know that we know what we're talking about and they also recognize that like our job like this is our job this is not our entire life and that we have a life outside of it so just treat people like people it's very simple and then lastly graduate students know a lot I know it's surprising but they can bring ideas and strategies to your center department organization if you just give them the chance and i think the only other thing that i'll add to that is don't forget that your graduate students and whether they're phd or doctoral students they're in learning mode right like if you need cutting edge ideas if you need things they're already doing all of that they're searching for things they're already out there doing it and so if you're looking to really build something Grad students are the way to do it because they're already so ready to jump in and learn and develop new ideas and new skills that you can't underestimate the fact that they're already ingrained and enmeshed in learning mode. I also just want to say that uh, Krista just said something about grad students knowing a lot and neither Danny nor I immediately turned that around onto each other and it made any negative implications. Oh my God, you guys are friends. I know we did it. No. (laughs) All right. So thank you for listening to this episode on how we lead without a title. This has been Krista. Danny. And Clay. (laughs) Every time. (laughs) For how to get funded without really trying where we put the fun in funding. We hope you join us for our next episode where we will be joined by Clara, the director of the Impact Accelerator, and we'll be discussing, potentially discussing, I guess, some behind the scenes aspects of the Impact Accelerator, the graduate student model, aka how we lead without a title, and ways it can be implemented at your institutions. But before we go, we'd like to give a special shout out to Joey B. Joey B. For the music you heard during this episode and all of our episodes, Joey is a graduate student who um, works here in the Impact Accelerator, and he has so graciously graciously provided the music for these episodes. And finally, we want to always thank the Impact Accelerator for their continued support of this project. Oh, and by the way, uh, go fund yourself. Especially you, Danny. Go fund yourself, Danny. <laughs> I'm bringing it back around. (laughs) (laughs) We should just have like one of those conversationalists where we're still talking to each other while the music fades. It just like fades. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But it's really just us arguing with each other. No, it's not. That's That's a great idea. Wow. What a great idea, Clay. You're doing a great job. Do you also know I have to do it all the time? (laughs) I'm really concerned. It's not even all the time. Like maybe like maybe it's super quiet. I don't know. It's okay. We can bump it up. I'll fix that in post. It's okay. All right. Bye, friend. Bye. Bye.